The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science. Shiny. Welcome to Generations Geek, a family-friendly celebration of geekdom by father-daughter paleontologists. I'm science fiction writer Scott Pearson, and I'm joined, as always, by my daughter. Welcome to Jurassic World. And we are two generations of geek. This is episode 32, again with the Jurassic, and we'll be talking about the Jurassic Park trilogy and Jurassic World. How does the new movie stack up against the originals, and how do the originals hold up in the years since their release? But first, if you've just found your way to our show, welcome aboard. You can find handy links to all our episodes at generationsgeek.com and email us your comments at thegeeks at generationsgeek.com. Now, on with the show. Who loves dinosaurs? We do. (laughs) We love dinosaurs, so we love dinosaur movies. Even though it's sometimes hard to find a really good dinosaur movie. There's dinosaurs, there's movies with really good dinosaurs in them. Doesn't necessarily make them good movies, but we'll get into Define good movie. (laughs) Different people have different uh, expectations (laughs) for what makes a good movie or a good dino movie. Uh, But, so let's start talking about specific movies. Jurassic Park, the big one, the first one, came out in 1993. And the thing that it might be hard for you to completely get is how much it blew people's minds because it was such a leap forward in visual effects for dinosaurs. There had Mm -hmm. never been a movie with dinosaurs so real. It was amazing. Um, And I love that scene... The big first sort of reveal scene. With the T-Rex? No. The first oh, s- with scene. Oh, the, with the Brachiosaurus. With, yeah. When, when. Uh, oh man, that hits me every time. Yeah. I'm, and I'm always so, like, oh, yeah, so, so yeah, the main uh, paleontologist characters, Ellie and uh, Alan, are, it's the classic example of the characters in the movie being the same as the audience of the film. It's yeah, like, I love how because Alan like falls yeah, over and <laughs> Yeah, you're both I'm reacting like same. to the same thing. And yeah, every dinosaur lover in the audience was like, getting a little Aww. tear in their eye. Yeah. Aww. Let's talk a little bit about the characters that were introduced in this one because some of them recur in the trilogy. So as previously previously mentioned, we have uh, Ellie and Alan. Mm-hmm. The bays. The dinosaur peoples. The dinosaur bays. Then we have Ian Malcolm, the uh, chaos science guy. Sort of a bay. He's kind of weird. He's kind of weird. Jeff Goldblum is hilarious. I do not understand he... him. <laughs> no. Well, here's, to me... He... I like it when he laughs and he's like... <laughs> he just, he kind of wanders around in Jurassic Park saying random science-y things. God, it's funny, though. And you know I what he it. really is? What? He's the Doctor Who of Jurassic oh Park. Oh, my God. <laughs> random weird science-y things. I love it. I just watched the clip. There's, like, a clip when he walks when he walks up to the, the like, big pile of dinosaur dung. Um, 
and I watched that by itself. And it's so funny because of the, <laughs> like, he's wearing, like, all black and, it, like, the first five buttons of his shirt are undone. He just kind of wanders <laughs> up to this pile of poop and I'm going to, like, censor breeze. And then, he, and then it's, it, it seems like it takes so long and he just goes, that's a big pile of poop. And it's so, like, what? Like, I don't understand Jeff Goldblum. He's just funny. If an American was going to play Doctor Who, mm-hmm. I'm saying Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum um, for Doctor Who 2016. And then, of course, there was also John Hammond, the guy that was uh, running in Jen and, and was the, uh, the the billionaire behind the whole scheme to bring the dinosaurs back. There was, And then there were some of the other characters whose names escaped me. There was the lawyer, who was kind of annoying. There was the hunter guy, who was cool. <laughs> Then there was the bad guy, sort of the bad guy was Nedry, the guy that was trying to steal the dinosaur things. Uh, You know, we should mention first, though, the opening, what I've started calling the dino opening, because in the first three films, there's a a big dino opening. So in this one, it was with the raptors, you never really got, got a glimpse of them, but it really set an interesting tone that you knew that there were these wicked creatures in those cages. Mm hmm. Um, I think the similarities between all four of the Jurassic Park movies is there's always a Hispanic construction worker that gets killed. <laughs> there are a number. <laughs> there are all. There are a number of motifs that make up the Jurassic Park films. Except for Jurassic World broke one of them. Yeah, but but we'll talk about it. Well, well, pro- well and we'll talk about broke a couple more, of the ones that were introduced one. in the first film. Uh, kids. Kids being being chased by dinos. Yeah. So that's a motif that yep. was introduced in Jurassic Park. Eventually, the bad guy, in this case, Nedry, gets eaten gets by, eaten by yeah. dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. You know that's going to happen. Oh, running through a herd of dinosaurs. Yes. That's always going to happen in Gallimimus, a Jurassic. Gallimimus, usually. Yeah. And, uh, and then you have your Velociraptor and T-Rex that are always going to be used in some fashion yeah. in the movies. These are the things that apparently people have sat down and, and compiled the uh, the formula. Oh, there's also that um, makes a Jurassic Park up until movie. up until Jurassic World, no woman died on screen. Really? Well, yep. I suppose that's true. Uh-huh. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I'm a little miffed. I'm just just mm-hmm. slightly. Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm more. Mm-hmm. We'll, I'll talk mm-hmm. about it when we get to Jurassic mm-hmm. World. Okay. You wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the uh, start the tour scene when Ellie has her little. Uh... Ooh, um, when uh, this actually it it actually comes back to no woman dying on screen, but it's like Ian is saying, "God creates dinosaur, God destroys dinosaur, God creates man, man creates dinosaur," and then Ellie says, "Dinosaur eats man." woman inherits the earth and both alan and ian just kind of look at her kind of slowly and i'm yes and i always sit there like yes <laughs> ellie um they're like low-key feminist movies um anyway but there's another scene later on in jurassic park where they're like you can't go turn the power back on you're like you're a woman basically and she's like uh we can discuss 
sexism and survival scenarios when I get back and then just goes <laughs> and I'm like, yas, I'm just like whipping at home. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that was why, um, actually at first I was a little skeptical that that was on purpose just because so many of the characters are male and like they're, they're not going to kill the girl in Jurassic Park. But um, mm -hmm. uh, my problem with the woman's death in Jurassic World was first that it, um, I felt like they should have taken advantage of uh, ha no woman having died on screen. And then uh, because of what Elliot said, and second of all, it was really long and drawn out. Well, well, we can talk about that more. Let's yeah. not get too far ahead of ourselves. Later. For me, the key thing about Jurassic Park, uh, for any of the films, really, it just comes to the dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And you really get to see dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. correcting people when they say those names wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you really get to see dinosaurs being dinosaurs, and, and you get a, a sense of... I mean, they just seem so real on so many levels. They're so yeah. Well, and all the actors do such a great job. Like I'm sure they were in, they were interacting with animatronics a lot of the time, but still, it's like it just seems it's very. This is the thing about the first three Jurassic Park movies. They're very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been having trouble describing that because I feel like that's the main difference between those movies and Jurassic World. But they're so personal. I think maybe it's just the time difference. Yeah, I don't know. Those first three Between were... when the movies came out. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems... It does seem like the first three were more successful in establishing characters that you uh, related to more or seemed more... Uh... Well, it's just like the character development, like yeah. Alan's development of, about kids. Like, like um, right before they walk up to the giant pile of poop... Uh, he's like walking with the kids, not really talking because he's like so upset. And then the girl like trips and he like kind of helps her up. And he's like, are you okay? And she like forcibly grabs his hand and like holds his and hand while they're go. walking. And it's so funny. It is funny. <laughs> well, and this is another motif of the Jurassic Park films is that there's usually uh, some sort of character who's got some sort of issue and they <laughs> grow beyond that. So good. Uh, yeah, like uh, the parents' divorce. There's often a troubled. Three. Yeah, there's there's a, a troubled marriage involved in a couple of them. There's or you um, know, Ian and his daughter in the second or one. Or Ian and his daughter, so he's in a you father daughter know, bonding. Well, and and he's in an awkward uh, you know yeah, relationship his, his with weird, you know yeah. with his ex or whatever. So uh, troubled marriage. And yeah, she says, "I'm your daughter all the time. You know, you can't just abandon me when you feel of like course, it." Of course, the the troubled marriage is a. Uh, Consistent theme throughout many Steven Spielberg films. Oh, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, etc. There's often trouble. What's marriages. going on, Steve? Now, as far as the actual story of Jurassic Park, there are issues in the script where people do things that seem to put themselves at risk in a way that you wouldn't necessarily imagine people doing that they do kind of they make stupid decisions like the lawyer running out of the car and into the bathroom and just sitting on the toilet <laughs> yeah and you know you try to tell yourself well he was panicking so whatever but it's and then just... ian being dumb with the road flare but then yeah there's just some things where it's like this he... seems to be more about keeping the movie being exciting keeping the action going and not necessarily about 
why would a person actually do this? How would they get into this situation? Would they really react that way? I can't think of an but, issue I really have with the first Jurassic Park movie, though. I feel like they, um, actually, that's not true. Some of the lines in the Jurassic Park movies are definite flops. <laughs> Is there one that you remember from the first one? Oh, God, I don't know about the first one, but in the third one, Sarah is, like, talking about what the T-Rex needs. They're in, like, San Diego. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's going to drink, or, like, it's going to find water or something. And then she's like, and then it's going to look for the next thing its body needs. And it's like, well, what, are you implying it's going to eat? Does that mean it needs to find its baby? What is, why wouldn't you just say it's going to need to eat? Like, the, like oh, God, I, I can't. Yeah. Well. I, like, I can't even, like, it makes me well, so set, mad. Set that aside. <laughs> That's in number three. Let's stick in number one for a a little while longer. Another motif that they uh, develop through the course of the movies is dinosaur versus dinosaur. Yes! And so they introduce the raptors, they introduce the T-Rex, and then eventually at the end, wham, they intersect and we get to see T-Rex versus raptors and it's a great scene because it's just when you expect the raptors to take out the people they're trapped they're surrounded and then all of a sudden unexpectedly and for the first time in the movie completely silently (laughs) t-rex is suddenly in the house boom how did that happen (laughs) t-rex in the house through the whole movie it's like they're always seeing the beverages shake and hearing the thump 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 and it's you know but then suddenly he's stealth he was wearing she she was uh, wearing some <laughs> slippers or something. She uh, oh, of course. padded in silently. Of course. <laughs> but it's a great scene. And then you have the great, uh, that great shot where the, uh, banner, the banner when dinosaurs down. rule the earth. I, I, I have down. a nitpick, actually. Yeah? Um, is it going to be what the, I think it is? The banner that falls down mm-hmm. says when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Mm-hmm. But the banner they let on fire in Jurassic World says Jurassic Park. <laughs> and... Uh, Oh, really? It did? Yeah. It See, said, I didn't it notice said Jurassic. <laughs> I did not notice that because what I was noticing is that it seemed a lot smaller than I remembered it. Maybe I, well, was he, it... He maybe... picked it... It was like ripped. Yeah, but it still so, seemed but it, it smaller. It could have been like, well, there's probably another banner that said Jurassic Park, but yeah. then why even... Why not call... I, yeah, we assume... Well, it's it, a nitpick. I don't really yeah. care that much about it. Yeah, but it's still the kind of thing, if you're going to do a sequel... That has those well, sorts of callbacks. if you're going to call back to something so specific, yeah, that it's then you like, bro, right. why even, like, somebody hire me, please. <laughs> I'm just here in Minnesota. <laughs> Anything else that you want to say about it? What's your favorite scene in Jurassic Park? Of course, I have to say the kitchen scene with the raptors. Mm-hmm. I just really love velociraptors, even though these are, uh, that's, that's Deinonychus, it's not velociraptor. Um... <laughs> Velociraptors are like three feet tall. Anyways, I really love the raptors, even though they're not, they're not really raptors. I like um I like the scenes where uh they're feeding the brachiosaurs uh, mm-hmm. leaves. That's really nice. And it sneezes on the girl's and it face. It sneezes. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then and then God bless you. <laughs> um, I'm very fond of the. Velociraptor scene in the kitchen. I'll tell you what my favorite line is. And I'm also very fond of the first T-Rex scene when he's when the kids are in the car. Ooh, that is so good. That whole scene That's, is staged so, so well, yeah. and and just the 
the way it nudges at the car. It's it's just oh, so... and then when it flips the car over and then it tears at it like it's killing an animal. Yes, pops its head. That's amazing. That's I'll, great. Okay, but I'll tell you what my favorite I line is. I love the is, detail though. when its head comes down close and yes, she still and it's, has and the flashlight on. Like go get small and then get bigger. It, it's so many details being taken care of there. Just really good movie making. Okay. Anyways, they're rebooting the park. And the guy that like hits the button, who he's like always smoking, he yep. says, "Samuel Jackson." It's oh my god, that's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Ex- yeah, in in in. It's Nick Fury. Okay. In um, in the one role in his career that he's not yelling every time. Yeah. Anyways, he says, "Hold on to your butts." Yeah. <laughs> and every time I'm like, "Yeah, so good." Okay. And it's yeah, it's almost kind of hard to watch him now to watch that part now because in the years since he's been in so many roles I don't even realize where he's though. doing his yelling thing like until the yeah and so you're just waiting for some it's sort like, of classic it's like, it's like Nick Cage is always yeah. either whispering or yelling and Samuel Jackson <laughs> is always behind like hold on to your butts <laughs> I want those dinosaurs out of the park now <laughs> how do we rate Jurassic Park movies on a on a scale of one to five raptors or something is that uh, four? You would give this one a four, and it has four raptors. Four and <laughs> five. I don't know. I, I love Jurassic Park. I can't rate movies on scales because I'm just it's like hard. they're so. It's so good though, and everyone's like Ella. It's like <laughs> like Jupiter Ascending was terrible, and I'm like, dude, it was great though, and they're like Ella. That was literally the worst movie <laughs> I've ever seen. I'm like, no, but wasn't it great? <laughs> It's like watching a 13-year-old girl's fan fiction, and I love it. I love it. (laughs) Jurassic Park 2, which is actually called The The Lost Lost World, World. Jurassic Park. Colon. (laughs) So that came out in 1997. So four years passed between the first one. The year I was birthed. And, uh, wow. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I'm really old. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and so we do get to see John Hammond. Even though and, he's sick, he's sick already. And, and his Ian grandkids. Malcolm are back. Now, what did you say about the grandkids? Did we see them in that movie? Yeah, because they come like running and they're wearing like fancy clothes. And Ian's oh, like, oh ca- my God, the what? Cameo. I totally forgot they yeah. had a cameo in there. We got another nice dino opening scene. You had the annoyingly rich couple. Mother, uh, don't be so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> eating on the beach. Of uh, what they don't apparently realize Leave is alone, the, uh, his, his site B on Isla Sorna. <laughs> uh, and and then you get to see the, the lovely little Comsagnathus. Compies. The Compies. And the little girl. And, and uh, I <laughs> love that scene. The little girl's like, uh, I don't think there's enough to go around. Yeah. It, I think that scene seems so real to me. Like how a kid might react under those circumstances, you see one little weird animal. You throw it a piece of food, and it eats it. And, you're and then like, it's like, like yeah, but then it's, it's like, uh oh. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, and she's, she's me. Like, hmm. Things. Except were... for I would have like they would have like been chill with me, obviously. I like when um later in the movie, the like guy that you hate gets eaten by the consignatus. It's one of the like one of the guys that comes in. One of to the hunters. capture, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the yeah. hunter that you hate, as opposed to like the hippie with the long hair. Yes. Um, he gets eaten by the compies, and like, yeah, that's why you don't even get to get eaten by a T-Rex, son. You got yeah. eaten by those tiny little ones. How's it feel? <laughs> but yeah, you always got to have a bad guy eaten by dinosaurs. And there's, there's more. We'll talk about that 
more a little bit later. Um, but it's not even it's not even the bad guy. It's the guy that you hate. Yeah, yeah, because they're often not necessarily bad guys in the traditional sense. They're people that are making poor decisions you just or, hate or, them. or or they're obnoxious. Ah. Uh, so we have a couple of new characters. We have Sarah, who is Ian's girlfriend, and we have Ian's daughter. Who I love. I love her uh, and Sarah. Who is great. Well, because she's like, um, like you're going to leave me and go to this island. I don't think so. And then she's just there and is like, yep. like she's like, yep. I thought I would make dinner. <laughs> like, Yep. And, she's so great. And both Sarah and the daughter, whose name escapes me at the moment, they're both uh, very strong female characters. Yes. Low-key feminist movies. But then, of course, you always have to try to up things. When you do a sequel, you have to bump it up. So in this one... We don't get just one T-Rex. We get two adult T-Rexes and, and a, a baby. baby. So boom, T-Rex time three. I like it when um the 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 leader hunter guy um calls Pachycephalosaurus Friar Tuck. <laughs> He's that like Pack Pack Friar Tuck. <laughs> he like can't even do it. So he literally can't even. In this one, then. It's a couple of expeditions back to this Site B, whereas the first one, we were at the park before it opened. In the second one, we find out that there was a second island where they had some of their support stuff doing some of the uh, birthing of the dinosaurs. And they're all just living out in the wild. No fences. And so it's a recipe for disaster. It's amazing, though. You get to see lots of uh, lots of T-Rex action. And and of course, there's a big herd scene. They're driving yep, through uh-huh. the big herd, but it's like it's not it's not it just Gallimimus. It's like yeah. so many of them. And then it, it goes bad because the bad hunters are being jerks to the. I dinosaurs. might like Jurassic Park two better than Jurassic Park. <gasps> really? But like not the end. Like the. I just I just love so much like this scene that we're talking about and like what surrounds that. Yeah, well, it's a more layered story, a more complex story. As the story is building, there's there's more going on. There's a little bit more meat yeah. on the bones of that one. Uh, but, yeah, I don't particularly like where it ends up going, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I'm also not quite sure why... Well, Ian's girlfriend is sent to the island, so that provides him with motive to go back. But... The whole idea of Ian is having some sort of integral purpose. I don't think it was so much more. Doesn't that his, really make sense because so he's his, just the, the guy. What that, he would do, like you, you're talking about, why Hammond wanted him to go. Yeah, well, I don't I, think it, I think it was more that he had like. Well, this, he was smart, and he had already been to Jurassic Park. Yeah, he had already been near the dinosaurs, which yeah. is I think is what Hammond was thinking of. But Hammond, of course, is uh, a little. Uh, blind and is probably not going to consider yeah. like oh people died and he probably has PTSD no biggie yeah. like well mm. and he's not you know Dr. Grant is a paleontologist that in understands dinosaur behavior so it makes sense that makes sense this guy that's random chaos sciencey dude just uh, to me his presence in the first film was just kind of forced. And if it were someone any less uh, fun to watch than Jeff Goldblum, I think it would have <laughs> really been an awkward character. But he is so likable and goofy that 
that you kind of go along with. He just with belongs. It. But um, Goldblum does. I like the stuff that goes on on the island. Generally speaking, there's great dinosaur action. There's the uh, sort of competing teams on the island that sets up additional conflict. Because the one thing that they do, they generally do a good job. The dinosaurs are just being dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. And it's the people interfering that are making it worse. So the dinosaurs aren't like the monsters in a monster movie. Uh, They're just the wild animals that are dangerous. But, Dad, the term monster is relative. Yeah, so (laughs) to... To a canary, a cat is a monster. (laughs) (laughs) And so to create actual conflict in the movie it's the conflict between people that have different goals yeah and so you have the people that are trying to be more protective the people that are more concerned you have the sort of hunter types that are more respectful of the danger of the dinosaur Uh, but only barely yeah and so that's where you set up the conflict and you have the people that sort of feel so it's people that essentially fill the role of the bad guy, even though they're not necessarily evil, but they are the antagonists, and the dinosaurs mm-hmm. are kind of going on in the background, and dino hijinks ensue. Dino hijinks. Then we go from the exciting dinosaur action on the island to the third act of the film that kind of falls flat for me. Taking a page from the King Kong storyline. Mm-hmm. They decide that they're going to bring a dinosaur back to the mainland. Yes. And have it on display there. Because and why not bring a T-Rex to San Diego? Everything else has gone so well. Yeah. And what it did anyone, I don't remember, did anyone make a King Kong joke? Cuz someone should have. I don't think so. Someone but should have said, right, yeah. you know, and this worked out so well in King Kong. It would have been a little nice little uh, joke. Uh so they decide to bring... The only part I like about that is how much butt Ian and Sarah kick and how they, like, run on the ship. <laughs> like, the the guy, the, like, corporate guy you don't like is on the ship and they, like, mm-hmm. run on and he's, like, uh, he's kind of like, oh, wait, what's going on? And they don't stop running and they just run off the side of the yeah. ship into well, the let's, ocean. Let's, yeah, let's, let's back up, though. That's my favorite part. So they're bringing the T-Rex back to San Diego to put on show there. And I've read... That and it's just kind of forced. It doesn't make sense for them to do it because of how poorly the attempt at doing Jurassic Park went. Uh, it just does not make any sense that someone would roll the dice on bringing a T Rex back to the mainland. Maybe they had and, plans though. Like maybe they had plans to put like an implant in her. Well, but so that, like, the, the problem is, I you know I read some interviews with the screenwriters or the directors or whatever, and and. They were just, it was like, oh, we just, we so want to have, we just so wanted to have a dinosaur running around in San Diego. So we just had to make that happen. And, you know, they started out with this goal. We have to have that happen. But they didn't really write it in a way that made sense. It just seemed like, yeah, they just stuck it in there because it was cool. So the ship crashes into the mainland, which sets up the escape of the T-Rex. However, why did the ship crash into the mainland? The ship crashed because the crew had been killed. But who killed the crew? The T-Rex was in the hold. There was nothing in the film to indicate that there were any other dinosaurs on the ship. 
even if the T-Rex got out and then somehow went and put itself back in, it wouldn't have been able to fit into the bridge <laughs> and kill the guy. I think they want us to think it was the compies. And it seems to me that in the book that it was the compies, but it somehow in in the script they just left out. And so it's like the ship comes in, everyone's dead on the ship, but there was no no one to, no dinosaur to kill them. I was expecting, I remember so clearly, I was waiting for the final shot of the movie after they get the T-Rex back in the ship and everyone's happy. Then I was expecting the camera to kind of tilt down from the docks and like down by the water on the beach or something. And then there'd be a little group of compies doing their little yeah, like like yeah, cutesy thing that they did. That's so great. But they didn't. And so there was this gargantuan plot hole. Uh, I also didn't th- like what someone thought was a funny Godzilla joke, but did not work for me at all. Yeah, there's like the group Showing of like the group Asian of men. Japanese yeah. tourists running, running from the T Rex down the streets of San Diego. I just thought that uh, that just didn't work for me. So the ending went a little weird, but like you said, the stuff that Ian and Sarah did to save the day was fun. Well, they get the baby T-Rex. They use it to to lure Mama back to the uh, ship. It's and, and she's so, like, drive a little bit slower. And he's like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. So that was that was entertaining dino action there. I like the uh, the bickering parents when their kids like, there's a dinosaur in the backyard, and they're like, this is because <laughs> you watch them TV. And, and the guy's like, no, you have to serve them dinner earlier. And she's like, no, it's the fish tank. And then they're both like, oh, so good. It was good, but then it was kind of ruined by the T-Rex eating the dog. Yeah, and that was like, oh. Because it's like, oh, they've made a little joke at the expense of the parents. It's kind of funny, uh, you know, so you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of funny. And then all of a sudden, oh, but the Yeah, it should have just been like, just just been like walking past. Yeah, it should have just continued on its way. Because it's looking for the next thing that its body needs. Yeah. <laughs> Because I liked the scene where it came into the yard and starts drinking out of the pool and the dog's barking at it until the T-Rex roars and the dog goes back in his dog house. That was a nice little scene. Yeah. I would have liked the dog to have lived. <laughs> There's like a website <laughs> entirely de- devoted to movies and it's just like, does the dog live? Yeah. It's like, because then as soon as you kill a dog, everyone's upset. There are times when, the dog, when a dog has to die for purposes of the story. And for me, in this scene, it was about the tone of the scene. Like Marley. <laughs> you see the dog stop barking and go back and hide in his doghouse. Yes. And you're like, okay, cool. He's smart enough to back off from the giant dinosaur. But then once they shift the tone to this prolonged joke about the parents not believing the kid. Then, but yeah, and so then to yeah. like ruin, to, so they get you into this funny mode, and then stick the dead dog at the end. To me, that the the tone shift there was just awkward. You mentioned Ludlow earlier. Ludlow was the name of the guy. He was the guy who took over Ingen from Hammond. Mm-hmm. He's the, one of those characters that you sort hate. of acts as the bad guy. You you know you love to hate him, so you know that he's going to die at the mouth of a dinosaur. 
He's not. I just, liked how he died too. He's not gonna just get arrested or something. He's you know that he's because the T Rex like grabbed its leg, but then the T Rex was like, "Go like go like look, buddy," and yeah. then, then the baby T Rex was like, "Yeah," yeah, and like yeah, that was good. And then it was you know it was a, a form of justice because he had stolen the baby, and you know, so justice, justice is served, T Rex style. So comparing the Lost World to the Jurassic Park. What do you think? Which one comes out on top? I always want to say Jurassic Park because it's the original, but I really like the scenes where they're like setting up camp and like chasing all those dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And when they let all the dinosaurs out during the like video conferences, so cool. But I like love Jurassic Park so, so, so much. But the thing is, is usually when I watch, like I never watch one of the movies by itself. It's always like, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park, which is quickly followed by The Lost World and then <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. It's never like I'm watching this movie by itself because this is my favorite. I love them yeah. all. Well, I really enjoy the first one, but I think the story is very thin. Then the second one has a more complex story, but then really kind of goes south in the third act for me. So I don't know. It's hard to, yeah. I mean, but but I come back to the dinosaurs. I love the dinosaurs. Although, side note, and this goes for all the movies plus all sorts of other sci-fi movies. If you're online and you start complaining about the story of a Jurassic Park movie, then kind of the general response seems to be, well, what do you expect? Come on, it's Jurassic Park. It's got dinosaurs. Mm. Yeah, it's got dinosaurs, and I love dinosaurs, but I want a little bit more. And, and people, I came up with an analogy. I was talking last night with my friend Bill Leisner, Bill the Bill Leisner, fellow Star Trek writer. And I was telling him about this pet peeve of mine about settling, that genre fans seem to have to settle. Oh, but the effects were great. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to settle. And, or, you know, then some people will say, well, come on, it's just a summer movie. It's a popcorn movie. What do you want? And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that metaphor and I'm going to run with it. Because you know what? There's popcorn and there's popcorn. Okay? There's fresh popped popcorn with real butter. (laughs) Or there's popcorn, you know, out of a stale plastic bag that you pick up at a gas station. And to me, so often, what I'm getting served by summer movies is stale gas station popcorn, not freshly popped with real butter popcorn. Freshly popped with Parmesan. Yeah, I love a good popcorn movie. I love a summer movie. I love a big, splody kind of movie. But boy, I I want that story to be a little bit better. I want the characters to act a little bit more believably. I want just a little bit more effort in there on character motivation and a little bit less convenience and coincidence to to drive the action forward. So that's my little rant. Fresh popped buttered popcorn. That's what I'm looking for in a summer movie. And I'm not always getting it. Believe you me. Now I want some popcorn. (laughs) I'm making popcorn. (laughs) That's happening. Jurassic Park 3 came out in 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's just, it's so hard not to say the rest of it when you say the first part. Here's one of my little pet peeves when it comes to sequels. This is Jurassic Park 3, but there was no Jurassic Park 2. 
There was Jurassic Park, there was The Lost World, and now we have Jurassic Park. That doesn't three. bother me. <laughs> it just bugs me. It's one thing that bugs me. You either have numbers or you don't have numbers. Or you, you know? have numbers and titles, like Star Wars. Or you, yeah, but you know, I and want Star some Trek. consistency. OG Star Trek. Alien, Aliens, Alien 3. <laughs> well, there was no Alien 2. And in fact, it's actually yeah, more like Alien they, 2. They should have called it Alien-er. But, you know, <laughs> Alien, they, Aliens, Alien-er. Yeah, they kind of were up against a wall on that one, because after going to Aliens, what do you do? You know, more Aliens? Yet again, more Aliens? I mean, you know, they had to do something else. I wish they would have done something without a number. They should have just come up with some different thing. But the that's alienist. my little obsessive compulsive Alien, things. Alien-er, Alien-est. <laughs> Just like Hosier. <laughs> Hosey, Hosier, Hosier. So, <laughs> Jurassic Park motifs. They had a lot of them in Jurassic Park 3. They kept them. You had no kids. women die on screen. We had a nice dino opening. However, in the dino opening, we actually didn't see or hear whatever it was that did the killing because it was the parasail scene. The boat disappears into the fog. When it comes out on the other side, it's bloody and everyone's dead. So some sort of plesiosaur, some sort of, you know, who knows what. I like to think plesiosaur, but you know what I also like to think? Hmm. I would have liked to have seen that plesiosaur kill in action. True that! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an effective scene the way it is, that they're just gone. It's very spooky, but it kind of seems like it had to be a plesiosaur that the just came up. The kid bugs me in that scene, though. Yeah. That's the lines, some of the lines that I don't like. He's like, oh, make it stop. It's like, how? You're both in the air. Be quiet. Well, and they both seem to like make this big point of, like, we have to d detach the rope before, before the boat crashes. Before it hits crashes. the thing, but it's like... It's like, well, why? You're first just... of all, the rope will keep going, so you have more time. Uh, it... Second of all, like, the kid is, like, trying to do it himself, and the guy is like, oh, let go of the rope. It's like, you're both so dumb. Yeah, Be I, quiet. That, that was strange. I mean, but again, you can just explain it via panic. It just annoys but, me. But, uh, yeah, it's a little annoying. So, we have the return of a couple characters that we didn't see in The Lost World. We've got Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie. However, there's a little fake out because Dr. Grant is, is playing with with the little boy Charlie. with dinosaurs. Oh my god, his name is Charlie. One of the raptors' names was Charlie. Oh really? Yeah. And and then Ellie comes out of the house and is talking to him and to me they're leading you to believe that Ellie and Alan have been have gotten married and oh, had kids. Oh, they definitely were. Because Alan had his epiphany with children yeah, in he's the like, first kids, movie. He's like, I guess kids are. And Ellie was at like, at the yeah, end of Jurassic babe. Park, when he's sitting there when they're escaping, yeah, and the kids are like sleeping, like, yes. and Ellie and looks at him and kind like, of tears mm, up. It's very emotional. Yeah. Oh my gosh, look at how good he's being with the kids. Because Ellie wasn't there. He was, like, by himself with the kids, so she didn't see yeah. the development. She just was like, oh, my God, look, he's bonded with the... And then the... I was like, no, just kidding. You can't have your OTP. And then some other guy pulls up in the car. Hi, honey. And boom. It's like, oh. And Alan's like, hey. And then, like, her parrot doesn't... It's like they haven't talked in years. Her parrot doesn't remember him. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of that kind of bummed me out. To have them be together and have kids would have been a very sort of easy audience pandering kind of thing, but I would have completely gone for it. Yes. 
<laughs> They're the one true one true pairing. They're the OTOTP. <laughs> They're the OG OTOTP. I it, it, it. <laughs> Uh, Fight it's just, me. It's just random letters that you're saying to me. They're I'm, not random. I'm, I'm an old man. I don't they're know. The ri- they're the original one true, one true the, pairing. The kids and their The OG, OT, OTP. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that the troubled marriage in this one, that those that the couple went after Grant, because he's like, not only has he been there before, but he's a dinosaur expert. Yeah. So they trick him back to go look the In the future, the I'll kid. be him. Like, he'll this be, is going to be me. be Dr. Grant? Yeah. So I'm going to be, like, Dr. Pearson, and then everyone's going to be calling me up when whoever when Hammond is pulls his. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be like, it's okay, I gotcha. And then I'll, like, whip out <laughs> the little, like, thing that he uses to semi-talk to the velociraptors, or the quotation velociraptors, and I'll just be like... <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, yo, that's our was, bro. And I'll be like, hey. Is that a raptor or a dolphin? It was kind that's of... the real question. <laughs> Uh, I can't make a sound like a velociraptor. So to turn things up to 11 in the new sequel, and by the new sequel I'm referring to this old sequel, they introduce Spinosaurus. Yeah. Because in the previous one we had T-Rex times three. They were like, what are we going to do now? Oh, let's have a nice new big old meat eater. So they bring in Spinosaurus, which I very much enjoyed. Then I did like they gave a little bit of a nod to modern paleontological theory by giving some of the raptors little featherish crests. It was a very small more shout like out. quills. Yeah. Well, the early feathers would have been more like quills. True, true. And uh, But they only put, you know, they gave a little thing on the head because... But only to the males. Yeah. And it's like... Hey. Also, it's like they made male dinosaurs now. Nobody like ever talked about that. They were always like, all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are female until yeah, Jurassic Park three apparently. Yeah, well, I thought that was part of the whole uh... letting them run free thing. Yeah, they crawly. Anyways, I like the I do like the um the thing where they're chasing them to get back the eggs. Like that subplot. That's cool. That's auto. There were uh, machine. There was a running in the herd scene when they were they were running. They were trying to get away from. Spinosaurus or something, and then they suddenly ended up in a big herd of dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, yep. In addition to Spinosaurus, we also got to see Pteranodons were introduced. The big, like, aviary concept was introduced, and that was cool to see uh, a a whole new uh, species. Uh, And actually, the interesting thing, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe in the original novel... Uh, Jurassic Park, there was a big aviary scene that was not put into Jurassic Park, and it did not show up in Jurassic, in, in the Lost World, and so then it was fun when it finally, the concept was used in uh, creating Aviaries. Jurassic Park 3. Dog. Now, here's a motif that they were missing. Uh, there wasn't so much a bad guy in this one that had to get killed by the dinosaurs to get True. his comeuppance. Yeah. So they left out that motif. Nobody needed their comeuppance, but they... except for maybe those parents when they kept arguing. <laughs> the Kirby's smack them right. But up. they you, then there was the big Spinosaurus versus T Rex, dinosaur versus dinosaur action. Okay, then in conclusion, I think on number three, we had some of those uh, repeated motifs. We had some new stuff, some new dinos. So if you're putting 
JP3 up against the first two? How, 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 how does it compare? I think I like it the least of the three, actually. I do love seeing Alan and Ellie, and I love the end where they're like, oh my god, she got the Navy and the Army, or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, and Alan's just like, yeah. I was disappointed by, well, I'm always disappointed by any number of things in Jurassic Park movies, because the storyline never holds up. So at the end, they're flying away, they're being choppered away, like out to the aircraft carriers or something, and they see pteranodons flying. Oh yeah, flying away from the island. So that's kind of that's a big loose end kind of setup which then doesn't get picked up in Jurassic World. You never Although hear about that again. What's the distance that pteranodons could fly? Like do you think they could get all the way to the mainland? Well, TBH? Don't really know. Exactly. Do we? For all we so know, they could, they could like have dead. gone across an entire ocean. Let's see, my take on three versus one and two, I, I, I have a hard time singling out any of them really as being like my favorite or the, or the best. They all have their pros and cons. They all have a lot of nice dinosaurs. Perhaps, maybe in the end, I still give the tip of the hat to the original just because that one was so much more magical in a way because it was that yeah, first big leap yeah. which we need to discuss as we segue in to Jurassic World. Are you ready to move on? I'm ready. So Jurassic World came out this year 2015 so that was uh, how many years? When did I say the last one came out? 2001. 2001. So 14, 14 years. years. That is a huge uh, that's a huge thing for a sequel. Big gap. What was your first reaction upon seeing Jurassic World? Amazement. Okay. And why did you find it amazing? Because it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new Jurassic That was enough for me. So, yeah. I mean, does it, does it come back to just we finally get to see more dinosaur action? Hey, oh. It just comes back to Jurassic Park for me, I think. It's just, mm -hmm. like, so, like, yeah, it's like you can go to this park and see it. It's just, like, amazing. And um, you, get the, well, you get the dino fix. And uh, I really think that we got a pretty good movie for a fourth Jurassic Park movie, like, honestly. As far as holding it up against the other three movies. Like, I think I, think I, I, think I could like it better. I think I, could, I think I could like it better than three. Hmm. One of my problems with Jurassic World ties into what we've been discussing all along, the motifs. And it seemed like more than ever that whoever that when they were creating the screenplay for this, they, they sat down and they said, okay, what are the Jurassic motifs? And they said, we got to have kids, we have to have a troubled marriage, we have to have a character who doesn't like kids and and grows we have to have you know it's like they just mm -hmm. ticked off yeah. all the numbers mm -hmm. all the important ones and you know for the most part they used those numbers in a good way in a, mm -hmm. a successful way i was entertained while i was watching it and of course glorious dinosaur action yes. but then afterward and you touched on this earlier is that it wasn't as personal. 
Yeah. That at, somehow I didn't connect with those characters I can't as much it. as I might I have. just, like, and also it's, I felt like it was a lot less scary. It was a lot less creepy. Even with the Indominus being pretty, like, intimidating, I felt like the, especially the first Jurassic Park was a lot, like, creepier and more, like... You're it, afraid. Yeah. Well, and and part of that, though, is if, if you don't connect with the characters as deeply, then you don't feel as scared for them. True. And I think part of the not connecting to the characters deeply is related to the fact that it was so much by the numbers. We've seen this all before. And so I think... Because of that familiarity, it didn't have as I much. I mean, like impact. I love all the characters. Like I love Claire so much, and I love uh, Owen is hilarious, and I love his like Raptor Squad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Let's. Like I was more, I was more moved by like the Raptors dying than I was by like other like people dying. There's a point where you believe that all the raptors have already been killed. Yeah. And then out of nowhere... Blue. Heroic last oh stand. Oh my god. You're right. That was more that moving... That was more, yeah. ...than most of the character And also, the Velociraptors, they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They used a lot of CGI, and I wish they would have had more animatronics. I don't know, it was just... I just was blown away, I guess. One motif that they didn't use, and it turned out to be kind of amusing... They did not have the dino opener. Yeah. Where you where someone gets killed. I mean, define dinosaur, dad. Exactly. Huh. But they did this clever little ploy where you see this foot comes down Oof. and it kind of plays off the, that one shot in the original where the T-Rex's foot comes down. And so you're thinking it's a dinosaur foot, but then it's a crow. Yeah. But then, of course, contemporary paleontological... Theory yeah. tells us that the birds are dinosaurs. So we really were seeing a dinosaur, but we were seeing a modern dinosaur. And so that was kind of fun. And that ties into some of the weird things that they did in this movie. They kind of went middle of the road with certain things that they either should have, shouldn't have done or should have gone all the way. And here's what I'm talking about. The meta kind of references that they were doing with this movie. Because when they were talking about oh, we need to make bigger and scarier dinosaurs for our theme park because we know that after a while people get bored and they need something. Well, they were talking about movie sequels. It's like they were talking about the movie itself. We need to make a, a bigger and better dinosaur to draw people back because people have seen all our dinosaurs already in and the then... first three movies. So they were kind of like trying to be clever meta, but then they didn't really embrace it that much. It just kind of was out there. And, and then a Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex. And then, yeah. They and then, had, like, Sam, the Samsung Innovation Center and, had, and, like, yeah. Pandora and all of the different, like... So on the one... There were too many names. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, that's very realistic that big parks like that have all that kind of name yeah. dropping. And, and I s- think they were doing a shtick. They were doing, like, the corporate shtick, the animals are numbers. Yeah. That's part, I thought I thought maybe the, the reason it wasn't as personal was because it was the shtick they were doing. The, well, this is a corporate thing. They're, they're trying to have it both ways. It's like they're making fun of the corporate thing, but on the other hand, it's still all corporate things. It's yeah. like you know that they got a bunch of money for all that product placement, even though they were seemingly slightly making fun of the idea of product placement. Yeah. 
But so, it was too, it was distracting. Yeah, me. I don't think it was effective. I don't think it worked. Then, but then some of those motifs, it was funny. I mentioned this right after we got out of the movie. Was the the bad guy Vincent played by Vincent D'Onofrio, mm-hmm. fabulous as always? I was like waiting for his kill scene. Oh yeah, it was like too long. It was getting to be ridiculous. It's like okay, I know this guy. I've seen three Jurassic movies before. We know he's gonna get torn up. He's gonna get killed by a dinosaur. Yeah when's it going to happen? And then when it finally happened, it w- the Velociraptor, like, drops out of the sky. I mean, it was like... Yeah. <laughs> there was like... no... <laughs> that, was an, that was another thing that I thought that they messed up in this movie, in that in the other movies, most of the time when they were being chased by the dinosaurs, you really got the sense of those dinosaurs being behind them and, and catching up to them and following them. Where in this movie, it seemed like they would leap from one location to another. Yeah. And then the dinosaurs my, would be there. Yeah. And it's like, well, how did they get there that fast? I didn't have a sense of them following. Yeah. And the other thing I mentioned to you right after the movie was that even though they kept cutting to sh- scenes in the control room that showed a big map of the island on the screen. You couldn't tell where they were and what was going on. Yeah. yeah, where they were and yeah. where they were going to and how they got there from one place to the other. And how the, if the raptors run at 40, because he said they, the, he literally were like, they run 40 miles per hour when they're hungry. So like, that's a max speed right there. <laughs> so yeah, how big is the island and... How far? Well, yeah. they said they said the Indominus Paddock was four miles from the closest attraction. So, so like, so it's... it wouldn't take them long, obviously, to get from one to the other. But I don't know. That was a little weird for me. I also thought and that the, the helicopter. Um, I don't know. The uh, I loved it though. What was the what was the big uh, megalosaur or whatever? Was that what it was? I can't catch the name and place it with what that dinosaur looked like. Well. Because I I, 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 I keep the scale was way off. It was, but I keep hearing megalodon, but that's not a megalodon. No, that's because a, that's megalodon a shark. is the shark. Yeah, it was megalosaurus or megalodon. But was that? I couldn't. I don't know. I, don't I couldn't. Know. I didn't recognize it. I guess. But when they were showing it in front of the people in the big like, you know, uh, orca <laughs> tank, you know, yeah, like yeah. it looks it huge, just so way big, too big. And then at the end of the film, when it pops up, then it looked like the right scale. But yeah, yeah so the, the, there were some odd things like that. And the whole th- elaborate thing of those, all those seats with hundreds and hundreds of people sinking down below to the underwater thing, it just... That, that didn't bug me that, so much. Kind of strained It was the location for me. That was the only thing that really bu- bugged me. First watch, second watch... It's just like, how'd that Velociraptor get in the lab? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, where did he come from? And where it was, was a little I... like, how is Bryce Ellis Howard getting around the jungle in those heels? But then I was like, oh, apparently she actually did. Okay. <laughs> like, um, Let's talk. I think we need to talk about that character. Because that Claire. character, Claire has got, seems to have gotten a lot of internet grief. Yeah, um, I'm part of the Claire during Defense Squad. <laughs> so better watch out because... I'm going to get on a motorcycle surrounded by raptors and just... Yeah, I don't think it was... I don't think her character was brilliantly written, but I don't think that she deserves all the 
backlash that Everyone she seems, seems to, to have, calm down that she seems to have been getting. I mean, everyone uh, calm down. She was a pretty reasonable businesswoman kind of character, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it was cliche having the you know the single woman too dedicated to her job doesn't relate to kids. I blah, didn't blah, think blah, that blah, blah. it was that cliche. It's though. kind of I a cliche, I but I didn't concept. get that vibe off of it though. But but I think that her performance helped carry it, and. She was the one who had the arc. There's always something where someone achieves some sort of epiphany through the experience they've gone through with the dinosaurs. And the thing that I don't think that the Claire character is getting the respect for is when it hits the fan, she steps up. She steps yeah. up and yeah. takes care of business. She goes directly to the control room when it's giving orders. And when and everyone and here's the thing that I was saying to my friends they, they were laughing at me but I was like she walks in that room and everyone looks up to her yeah like they're kind of like you can tell they're kind of like oh like Claire like because the um the I I want to call him Nick his name's like Larry or something Larry yeah. in the control room <laughs> is you know it seems like he's oh yeah he's gonna roll his eyes at Claire because she's a businesswoman and he's like a hippie um but then. People die and she gets there and everyone's like 100% looking to her for yeah. comfort and what to do and everything. And she is right there. Yeah. And when it hits her, so, you know, when, when her nephews arrive, she drops the ball and she doesn't relate to them and she doesn't realize how old they are and all that sort of stuff. Do you go to sleep at different times? <laughs> you know, she's clearly completely in the dark about that sort of thing. But when it hits her that they're in danger, she goes. Di- she's like, yeah. "I'm coming with you to yeah. what's to Owen." Yeah. And for the rest and of the Owen movie, and then Owen is like, "Stay in the car," and then she just gets out. Yeah. She doesn't care. And for the rest of the movie, she's you know, she's like, "I'm coming with you." Yeah. So when things got serious, she she didn't even hesitate. Yeah, and so I think that some of the other weaker elements of that character are getting a lot of grief. And people are overlooking the true accomplishments. I think part of the, and I suspect part of the 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 uh, problem is that people were just coming off of seeing Furiosa in Mad Max and then seeing Claire. And if you compare and contrast, Claire seems weaker. Well, she but just, she's a lot more she's a lot more like expressive in a feminine way, and she's also like yeah. I think it's an unfair comparison, and maybe that's not what's happening, but. To me, I just got, it's like we've seen so much love for Furiosa, and, and deservedly so, and then this other character comes in and, and gets all this grief, and I just think that if we had not just seen Charlize Theron yeah. taking care of business yep. in Mad Max, mm-hmm. would people be quite as down on Claire? I don't know. We'll never know. But she, in one of the great scenes, one of the fun things... And it's kind of pandering and kind of easy to do, but one of the things that I nevertheless liked in Jurassic World was they did a lot of callbacks to Jurassic Park. They end up in the same little gift shop. They see the same old Jeeps with the Jurassic Park logo. And it's kind of fun that they acknowledge that. And one of those scenes that... gets kind of an iconic callback to is that Claire goes 
to let the T-Rex out, and she lights a flare. So good. Oh, my God. And, of course, that just goes right back to the first movie when Alan Grant lit a flare and, and drew the T-Rex away from the kids in that film. And But in this one, she's bringing out the T-Rex to be Towards the hero, the to help yeah. them. It's got it's kind of got a weird Godzilla vibe to it actually because Godzilla so is like in good. some movies Godzilla is like the bad guy kind of and in other and movies well, Godzilla is like the savior. Movie, Godzilla was the good guy, yeah. And exactly. And so so boom, we get we get good old T-Rex back to fight with the Indominus Rex. And then they did the weird thing, but I kind of liked this as well. They did the weird thing with the raptors where they almost gave him, one could argue they gave him too much personality and and Here's and the thing, though, is I couldn't, elements. I can't tell them apart. No. I they all have either. names. Yeah. And, but I can't but I mean, tell who is who. The, I saw a really funny reference on the interwebs where someone was talking about that last shot of the last raptor. Of Blue when, running away? When it looked at Owen. Oh, yeah. And the person said, I was like expecting the raptor to like give a little nod of the head. You know, it was like, you know, it was, they were trying to portray such a. But almost, we already established how like intelligent they are. Yeah. That was a little over the top, but I, but I enjoyed it. I was a sucker for it. When Blue showed up at the end. Yep. came running out in slow-mo. So good. On the other hand, it still was a uh, Dinosaur Park Gone Awry story, which was exactly what the first one was. Only this time there was hundreds of people there. Oh, yeah, I didn't like what when the helicopter crashed into the aviary mm-hmm. and all the various uh, pterosaurs and other species came out of there. They just made a beeline straight from the aviary over to the humans. Mm-hmm. That just didn't make any sense to me from an animal behavior point of view yeah because humans are not their prey mm-hmm. they're they're generally portrayed as like f- catching fish so like they're going after this prey that's way too big for them you know so they're picking people up and then dropping them because they're unable to carry them and it's like well then why, why are they even doing that why would they be trying to pick them up that was one of those things where it seemed to me they just said hey this will be very dramatic if we have all these this big swarm of uh, flying dinosaurs coming down on these crowds of panicked people. And so they just did it, even though it really didn't make any sense. It also didn't make any sense that when things started going wrong at the park and they were talking about evacuating the people and they were having all the people gather back at the main complex, but then it didn't seem like they were actually calling in the ship, the big hydroplane or the big... uh, you know the thing that brought the people to the island. Yeah, but you know, I don't. I, don't, I feel a like sense I, of that I feel like that was accurate because, like, if you had a big island, like ships wouldn't be there all the time, right? Like those big ships would come in and out like twice a day or once a day. Or well, something. that's what I mean. They didn't seem to. While we were getting those scenes in the control room, I would have expected to see them also calling in ships or choppers or something. We need to be able to get people off the island. And that didn't happen for quite a while. And I thought that came across awkwardly. And, you know, and that's starting to be more nitpicky than a lot of people care to do for a movie like this. Because this was, as I said earlier, this is when people say, oh, it's a Jurassic Park movie. It's popcorn. 
And so a lot of people don't uh, ask those questions of the movie because they're happy enough just to watch the dinosaurs. And of course, we're both very happy to watch dinosaurs. Yes. But... Although I wish the endominus had been, like, prettier. <laughs> prettier? It was, it was, it was ugly. Um, <laughs> I have no, I, I have no response to that. Why would it be prettier? It's supposed to be a wicked yeah, predator. Yeah, but, like, you're supposed to be in awe of it's, like, you're in beauty and terror. It would make more sense to say it should have been uglier. It should have been scarier. I don't it think monsters been... are ugly. I think they're pretty. That's how they trick you, Dad. Well, it depends on how you define monster. To the canary, the cat, <laughs> cat is a monster. monster. <laughs> <laughs> but like the velociraptors are pretty and the T-Rex is pretty and the Spinosaurus is prettyish. But like I felt like the Indominus is like hmm. it, it had like weird like quills on its back, like just a few changes. It could have been so like it could have been like like watch the queen conquer. <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. I uh... that the the true monsters they look fairer and they feel fouler. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the weird thing is is that we spoke earlier uh, of the other movies saying that the dinosaurs are just being dinosaurs. They're not fulfilling the role of a monster in a monster movie. Now, in this one, though, one could make the argument that the Indominus Rex was supposed to be the monster. Okay, here's the thing, though. Here's because that's what, that's what Owen Grady was talking about, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt was like, you've raised this in captivity with no family and no sisters mm-hmm. and... It doesn't know anything and doesn't know what's happening and not, not like he didn't even mention how small the paddock was. Its paddock was tiny. Yeah. It was living in a tiny like cage. And, um, so I think it's perfectly understandable that it would like go insane and smack. And then, and then not only would it go insane and just like kind of go on a rampage trying to figure out what everything is, but then they're shooting at it with guns. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I said when I said that it was meant to fulfill the role of a monster in a monster movie, I didn't necessarily mean that it itself was a monster. No, I just oh, because, I, like, I thought you were talking like that's a little inaccurate cuz like it's a monster because it it's was being a monster. It was uh it was created by them. And so it's not, you know, I don't pass some sort of judgment on the Dominus Rex itself, but as far as just looking at the construction of the film, whereas the other dinosaurs are just dinosaurs being dinosaurs, this poor thing was made to be this beast creature. It was kind of made to be the monster, and they could have made it more monstery in in that uh, aspect. Uh, so I don't know. That that's another. That's another place where one could argue that they were trying to develop some sort of theme there and they didn't really go anywhere with it. Or what they did do with Mm -hmm. it is just, you know, a couple of quick lines from Owen and then it's just back to dinosaur action. Mm -hmm. That also ties back into the weird meta thing where they're like, are they making fun of me in the audience for wanting to see a dinosaur movie? But it is a dinosaur movie, and it just doesn't seem like 
you know, the, I didn't quite get the tone sometimes. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? Are you, if you're trying to elevate the dinosaur movie to some higher commentary, it, I, I, it's not working. It, it we don't know. Work. We don't know what you mean. Yeah, we don't know what you're saying. Let's say this. The original trilogy, I think all those movies hold up pretty darn well after all these years. Yeah. I think that the special effects, even of the oldest film, of the original, are still really impressive all these years later. But now if we try to compare Jurassic World to the totality of the other films, how do you think it matches up? It just felt different. Mm -hmm. I want to know where they're going with this. Because at the end of Jurassic Park 3, we saw the Pteranodons flying away and then nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Now we've got this one where once again, uh, the dinosaurs get out of hand, the people flee the island, and it seems like, wow, these dinosaurs could just take over Isla Nubar now because... They're all out. The And we saw the whole aviary come flooding out of there. You know what I would like to see them do? What? And I don't think, I don't know if they would ever do this, but Jurassic World is a setup for the beginning of the end just as much as, say, the Planet of the Apes movies. Ooh. It's like, how about Jurassic World sort of becomes literal? <laughs> that the human, you know, what if, what if the next movie... Dinosaur destroys man. Yeah, we, we, we could go right back to that line from the first movie. What if the next movie jumps another 20 years into the future and dinosaurs are just all over the place and it's this, you know, battle between mm -hmm. humans and dinosaurs all over and just have massive... <laughs> Uh, struggles going on between humans trying to share the environment with rad. dinosaurs being everywhere. I don't know. I think it would be hard to pull off. Uh, it would be a large, it would be a huge departure from the previous Maybe films. more people would stay still instead of running when they see a T-Rex. God, <laughs> I'm always like, like everybody always runs and every time I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> What we need to do is bring the franchises together so that we can see apes riding dinos and attacking people. What do you think? I would pay so much money. <laughs> what do you want to see in Jurassic World part dose? Actually, I'd like to see do them trying to go in and take the park back over. Have the ACU, like, but like massive, like, boo, like military operation. DOS ACU. I don't know. It just seems like it would inevitably be so much more the same. That's what Jurassic Park is. And that's, well, that's what the average Hollywood sequel is, is that sequels are often not much different from remakes because they want to hit all the same notes that the first movie I had. I wish they had, they could have made it so creepy. 
Like, can you imagine them being, like, stalked by the Indominus, and they're, like, hiding in the woods, and it's dark, and then the the single piano starts playing. Da, 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 da. That's one thing we didn't mention. Da, 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 da. I thought that every single point that most needed the original Jurassic Park theme, they played it at that point. They They... Exploited the music very well. True. The original. True. John Williams theme. True, 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 true. Dinosaurs with feathers in Jurassic World too. Do you think they'll ever have the guts to do that? I think they could be like, "Look, our dinosaurs are cute, and they eat vegetables." But then, like, <laughs> just kidding. Those Velociraptors are hungry. Cute but hungry, just like me. I think I read somewhere that the decision was made that. Fuzzy dinosaurs just wouldn't be scary, and so they're they don't they're not going to they stuck with the more traditional dinosaurs. But I think it's all in how you portray the. Yeah, you can make them really threatening. I think. Yeah. Blue Charlie Delta and Echo, though. I'm gonna get four sled dogs and name them Blue Charlie Delta and Echo. <laughs> and are you gonna get them? Velociraptor masks to wear or something. Yeah, and then no, I'm gonna I'm just gonna like attach them to like some sort of hot rod wagon <laughs> and just ride around town. That's all the time we have for this episode. Tune in next month for episode 33, Hey Robots, where we'll talk about a variety of robot movies. Remember that Generations Geek is a part of the Chronic Rift Network, which broadcasts from a completely dinosaur-proof compound near Costa Rica. Please give their other fine podcasts a listen at chronicrift.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening, listening, and and come come back back next time. Hey, robots! No geeks were harmed in the making of this podcast. Shiny.